the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, September the 29th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on September 29, 1789, the U.S. War Department established a regular army, as opposed to, well, the Continental Army that just showed up to fight the British. They had the strength, they said, I'm quoting from their journal that day, They had the strength of about several hundred men. That was the United States of America's U.S. War Department, the Army. Today in 1829, London's reorganized police force, they went on duty. They became known as Scotland Yard. Today in 1938, British, French, German, Italian leaders concluded that the Munich Agreement, which was aimed at appeasing Adolf Hitler, by allowing Nazi annexation of Czechoslovakia, uh, Czechoslovakia's uh, Sudanland. They thought that that was the answer to the growing tension in the world. Appeasement never works. It doesn't work in our personal lives as far as Satan and his temptations. It certainly does not work globally in tension between states and nations. It never has. It never will. People like Adolf Hitler are not appeased. They are either beaten or they prevail. Today, in 1978, Pope John Paul I was found dead in his Vatican apartment just over a month after becoming head of the Roman Catholic Church. Today, in 1982, extra-strength Tylenol Remember, you'll remember this, I think. I do. I remember when it was in the news. Extra-strength Tylenol capsules laced with a deadly cyanide claimed the first of seven victims in the Chicago area. The authorities went to work on that to find out who might have laced those capsules with cyanide. To date, that case remains unsolved. Today in 2005, John G. Roberts Jr. was sworn in as the nation's 17th Chief Justice after winning Senate confirmation. I kind of thought he was going to be an originalist, a conservative type that just went by the Constitution. I think George W. Bush, President George W. Bush, did as well, and many others. We were all wrong. He isn't. Sometimes you never know where these people are coming from until you seat them on the court. And that's certainly the case with John G. Roberts. Ten years ago today, a tsunami killed nearly 200 people in Samoa, American Samoa, and Tonga. That touched our family and a number of people I've been associated with in the past. It uh, destroyed at least one church in American Samoa that we had built. We didn't start, but we went there, took a group of about 22 kids and several building contractors uh, they went from Hollywood. Some of them had never been out of the city 
of Los Angeles. I mean, they weren't like street kids. I mean, they were from middle-class families, but they had never had any reason to go out of the L.A. area, the greater Los Angeles area, because everything in the world existed in Los Angeles in their mind. There's still people that believe that, but uh, they hadn't been out. So from there to the jungle was quite a task. I probably, probably, if I'd have known then what I know now, I might not have taken that many kids from that town, from specifically from the Hollywood area, into the jungle. But we made out just fine. We built the church and it transformed a number of the kids' lives. In fact, one guy was called to, the, to be a missionary while he was there. I mean, he just felt God spoke to his heart and he has spent all these years since then in missions. But this particular tsunami wiped out at least one church. We, we've had some contact there and uh, perhaps some others that we built out through that area during the 1970s. Five years ago today, in a blistering speech to the United Nations, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he warned that Hamas and the Islamic State group were branches of the same poisonous tree, both bent on world domination through terror, just as the Nazis had done. He was absolutely right. But Israel has moved away from his conservative leadership. We'll see what happens there. Did you know that Americans check their iPhone on average 96 times per day? I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't. That was my first thought. I'm pretty sure I don't because I don't. I use mine like the old-fashioned telephone. I just use it to make calls or take calls, and that's about it. I, I do I text, but I'm, I'm not into that. But on average, Americans check their iPhone 96 times per day. And yet 50% of parents in America worry about their kids, their kids becoming addicted to the iPhones. Give that some thought today when you don't have anything else to think about. There's some interesting data that just was released from the FBI on Monday, in fact, of this week. It's uh, It came out under the title of Uniform Crime Report, UCR. It shows over three and a half times as many people were stabbed to death in 2020 than were killed with all kinds of rifles combined. Do you ever get tired of hearing these news people? It doesn't matter what town you live in. These news people all use this phrase, gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. You just hear it all the time. It's, it's just repetitious. Every time there's a gun involved, it's gun violence. It's got, well, it's not gun violence. It's people violence. And they use guns. But you would think that guns almost have a life of their own, and they get up every day and, and they say to themselves, gun, you're going to go out and you're going to be violent today and you're going to kill somebody. And now we have to wage war on that gun. Not on the people who use the gun, but it's the gun that's got to be, well, we've got to get them out of society. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to grind them into placards with BLM on it or the rainbow flag of the homosexual movement or whatever. So this, in that context, <clears throat> this really flies in the face of that context about guns being violent, gun violence. It's knife violence that we should really be addressing. 
The UCR shows that 454 people were shot and killed with rifles in 2020, while 1,732 were stabbed or hacked to death. This doesn't count the ones that lived. Stabbed or hacked to death with knives or cutting instruments, like machetes and whatever. The previous UCR release showed over four times as many people were stabbed to death in 2019 than were killed with rifles of all kinds. And the rifles of all kinds takes in a broad category of rifles. It includes uh, like the bolt action rifles to lever action to pump action to breech action. And beyond that, it also includes semi-automatic rifles that take a detachable magazine. Those have come under fire, which you know, which the left often kind of classifies those as assault weapons. Yet three and a half times more people were stabbed to death in 2020. More than that the year before, but in 2020, then were killed with all these various rifle types combined. My point is simply beware, be discerning of what you hear in the news. Because it's always, in today's world, hasn't always been this way, but it is today always slanted toward an agenda. There is no news that doesn't have some kind of a subjective aspect to it, and they're trying to take you somewhere to bring you to a point to believe certain things using, quote, the news to um, as the vehicle. Well, I admit, we do that here as well. We use the news. We talk about the news every day, and I do have an agenda. I admit My agenda is to lead people as best we can to look at what's going on in our world through the lens of God's Word, because God's Word is truth, and truth stands. And sometimes it has been said, truth is a lonely warrior, and it is indeed. But it exists, and it will exist. Jesus Christ himself is the way, the truth, and the life. I got this note. Gary, here's some help with a check, a generous check. Got to keep you on the air. Your program is only a half hour, but I know you must spend many, many hours researching and preparing for it. I do. And thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you. Thank you for standing with us. Got this note from a uh, person who's a professor at the University of Washington, actually. Thank you, Gary, for your courage and reminding us of what the truth looks like. And to all of you who stand with us, I want to thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. You can go to our website, Faith and Freedom. It's spelled out A-N-D, just all one word, faithandfreedom.us not.com.us. And you can contribute online, and more and more people are doing that, I've noticed lately, which is great. If that's the way you want to do it, that's good. You can stick a check in the mail, whatever works for you. We are eternally grateful. Thank you so much from my heart. I wouldn't be here without you. You know that. I want you to know that I know it as well. I was reading in Colossians earlier this morning. In fact, quite early this morning. And I read these verses. I want to just pass them along to you. And you are complete in him, 
which is the head of all principality and power. And having spoiled principalities and power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that was chapter 2. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Whatever you face today, and whatever we talk about that's happening in the news today, we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And I don't mean that that we go out and we win every, you know, every baseball game or whatever. But I'm talking about the eternal aspect of life itself. We are more than conquerors. We are triumphant in Jesus Christ. Christ has won. He has conquered death, hell, sin, the grave, and he lives. And God Almighty is in control. And many in the world do not understand that. And they're living without hope. But if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and I hope you all do, and if you do not, please accept him. Confess that he is the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, that he died on the cross, that he was raised from the dead for the forgiveness of your sin, to pay the price, and he will forgive you. And it will be a forgiveness that stands for eternity. And you will be more than a conqueror in all these things that are going on in our world today. And God would have us to be informed. I want to talk a little bit about yesterday. Generals contradicted President Biden. The buddy-buddy stuff. You know, they were... That Milley guy, he's the commander of the or the generals, the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee was was uh, interviewing him yesterday. He's the general uh, chief, uh, joint chiefs of staff. That's what it is. And he was um, he, he was talking to them. He was trying to dance around it. But there's some guys, some guys in in the House and in the Senate that just don't let them dance anymore. They call them out. Tom Cotton is one of those. Certainly Rand Paul's one. Ted Cruz. We know them. Most all of them. They're not sitting by trying to get along, go along, you know, and all this and get their pension and fade away into wherever they live and so on. They're really trying to make a difference. Some of them are doing that. Joe Biden would be an example of someone who has spent his life. He's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, but he spent his whole adult life working as a public servant. How does that work? But there are people there who really want to make a difference. And you, they show up at times like this. So yesterday in this hearing, they talked about a number of things. I want to touch on a couple of things. One thing is for certain. The President of the United States has lied to the people of the United States. He told at least three big lies about Afghanistan. And even ABC and CBS called him out. I don't know if NBC did or not. They may have. But I saw, I saw the, the, the text of what ABC and, and CBS said about this yesterday. And they just said flat out. They said, no, he, that's not true. He isn't telling the truth. The president, and he's their guy. They got him elected. But they're not buying. I mean, it's too much even for his friends. One lie he told was that 
Biden told was he, he would keep the troops in Afghanistan until all the people were out. And obviously that didn't happen. Another lie was that he claimed that al-Qaeda was not in Afghanistan anymore. And everybody on this planet that pays attention to anything about world affairs knew that wasn't true. Well, it all came out in the hearing yesterday. Let's talk a little bit about that. The third lie was Biden promised to leave troops until all Americans had been evacuated. That came up, and it was very direct. These guys, these military guys, especially Milley, I, I, I have a real problem with Milley. I've never met him, but I just don't feel like you you get what you pay for with him. I don't know. He just doesn't seem very authentic to me. I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong. But I think, I don't know. He, he. If I were president of the United States, obviously that's hyper, hypothetical. I would not be. But if I were, he probably would not be my guy. I just don't feel good about him. I've watched him. I've watched a lot of him on video, and I don't know. He just. I don't think his best interests are where they should be. That's. I'll just leave that alone because I don't know for sure, but that's just my gut feeling. But anyway, he was grilled by these guys in our some of the Tom Cotton and some of these people, uh, Jim Imhoff from Oklahoma. These guys really directly addressed the issues. But during his opening statement yesterday morning, this Mark Milley, General Mark Milley, he denied any inappropriate phone calls with the Chinese military. He tried to reassure Americans he was dedicated to civilian control of the, of the military. He said, no, I don't think the, the military should be run by military people. But he acts like he does think that. But he says he doesn't. He explained that the military to military communications at the highest level are critical to the security of the United States. He said, my loyalty to this nation its people, and the Constitution hasn't changed and will never change as long as I have a breath to give. My loyalty is absolute, and I will not turn my back on the fallen. Well, they did. I, I, I think you would call them the fallen, the people that they left behind in Afghanistan. Certainly the American citizens, they're still there trying to survive. And they left behind only the Lord knows how many people Afghans that worked for our government, some of them for 20 years. They're there. And they will be beheaded eventually. Then they know it if they don't get out. Because that's how ISIS works. I mean, that's the way it works. They're doing it now. They were hanging dead bodies on ropes over the streets just this week to show people what's going to happen to them if they don't line up and follow orders. They were killing people and hanging their bodies out there, so people had to walk by and look at them. I don't know. I it just anyway. I'm not the only one. I'm in good company with some of my feelings about this because it was expressed through some of our elected people in the Senate yesterday. They also talked about a call that Milley received from Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She was inquiring about President Trump's ability to launch a nuclear weapon. Milley did not was not forthright in his answer because he didn't really address some of the more crass parts of, of what Nancy Pelosi said to him and what he said back. 
because somebody got a hold of the transcript from that telephone call and they published it. Milley said he informed Nancy Pelosi, she called him, and he informed her that while launching such a weapon requires, she said, I'm afraid Trump is going to, she hates Trump. She says she prays for him every day, but man, I, I, I don't know what the content of that prayer would be. But, or she said that when he was president. But anyway, she, she was inquiring as to, could he start a nuclear war? She said he's crazy. She said that three times in the, in the conversation. Milley did not disagree with her. In fact, he said, I agree with what you've said. He didn't address that yesterday, of course. They were trying to get him to speak to that issue, but he wouldn't do it. But anyway, he, he um, responded to Nancy Pelosi, of course. She's third in line to the presidency. He told her the president has the sole authority to launch an attack. He said, here's what I told her, quote, I, so, I sought to assure her that nuclear launch is governed by a very specific and deliberate process. She was concerned, and she made various personal references characterizing the president, Trump. She did. Three times she said he's crazy. I, and he said, I don't disagree with what all, you, all that you've said. That was his response, although he didn't say that yesterday, of course. He said, I explained to her the president is the sole nuclear launch authority and he doesn't launch them alone and that I am not qualified to determine the mental health of the president of the United States. But he did in the in the conversation with Nancy Pelosi. He agreed with her that he thinks Trump is crazy. But yesterday he said, I'm not, you know, that those are the things that just bother me. I don't know. Anyway, he said, uh, then they, he convened a meeting with his staff to go through the process and the procedures, and at no time was I trying to change or influence the process, usurp authority, or insert myself into the chain of command. But nobody, nobody really accused him of trying to insert himself into the chain of command. They were asking him what he said to Pelosi and what he said to China when he called China. They both declined to comment, both he and um this Lloyd Austin, who's defense secretary, he's Biden's defense secretary, they both declined to comment on actual conversations with the president, but they both agreed that they had been in favor of leaving about 2,500 troops on the ground there. Cotton asked about Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, great guy, he's a veteran. He asked about Biden's own claim that no military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence in Afghanistan. Is that true? So then Austin started out, he said, the president is an honest and forthright man. And Cotton, Cotton said, I've had enough of this. And he interrupted him. He said, look, it's a simple question, Secretary Austin. He said, no senior military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence behind. Is it true or not? Did these officers and General Milley's recommendations get to the president for sure? Austin responded, quote, their input was received by the president and considered by the president for sure. Cotton said, it's shocking to me. It sounds like maybe our best military advice was never presented personally to the president of the United States about such a highly consequential matter. Milley explained, so on August 25th, I was asked to make an assessment and provide the best military advice. Cotton interrupted. He said, I'm sorry, my time is limited here. You gave me the answer I needed to hear. August 25th? Milley said, correct. Cotton? He said, Kabul fell on August 15. Were you not asked before August 25th? Cotton continued, General Milley, 
I can only conclude that your advice wasn't sought until August 25th on staying past the August deadline. I understand that you're the principal military advisor, that you advise, you don't decide. The president decides, if all this is true, General Milley, why haven't you resigned? Milley said, quote, It would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice was not taken. And it would cost him money and prestige, which he loves with all of his heart, from my estimation. Anyway, I spent some time reading over the text and what was said, and a couple of things became clear to me. President Biden was not following anybody's advice. He was following political wind, or he was being he was being directed by those standing in the shadows behind him. And we have to ask ourselves, who is really controlling this president? Clearly, he's not capable. And I, I say that kindly. In fact, I feel sorry for him often. But he's not really functioning on his own wit most of the time. I mean, he just isn't. So who's pulling the... Some people say Susan Rice is probably making most of his decisions behind the scenes. And this guy, Klain, who's his, his chief of staff, he's making a lot of the decisions. And they're getting their marching orders probably from Barack Obama because they're all his people. We live in a very precarious time, but one person, one person stood up and told the truth this week, unvarnished, just the truth. He's a Marine, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. He's in jail today. He's in the brig. But he didn't tell the truth. His father, Stuart Scheller Sr., says his son was on the ground in Afghanistan during the withdrawal. He began asking questions about the execution of the withdrawal, the demanding accountability for top military brass. The dad said all our son did was ask a few questions that everybody was asking themselves, but they were too scared to ask out loud. So they had a gag order put on him. The dad says, Sr., Scheller. And they asked him not to speak. He went ahead and talked about it, and they incarcerated him. They don't know what to do with him, the dad said. He had questioned the process, the execution of the withdrawal, not the withdrawal from Afghanistan. In fact, this guy, this Marine, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, who's in the brig as we speak, he said, I'm not, I'm not saying we've got to be in Afghanistan forever. But I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, a strategic air base, before we evacuate everyone? It's been confirmed that he is currently in what they're calling pre-trial confinement. If you tell the truth, you say, well, Gary, he was being disloyal. He was out, out of rank or whatever in the military. Well, perhaps... But are they not allowed to even ask questions? But the more obvious question remains, will anyone who actually bore some responsibility for the massive failure in that country see any consequences for what was probably one of the most botched military operations in the history of our country? I can answer that for you. No, they won't. Nobody's going to pay a price for that. They just run around and they do what they do and they get in front of Congress and they give these canned answers these people sound like to me, and again, I am pro-military. I God bless our military. But these people sound like Mark Zuckerberg. When they get there, they have these canned answers, and they go through it, and blah, blah, blah. 
There's never any consequences. And that's what's wrong in our world today because we live in a consequential world. There are consequences to what people believe and what they do and what they decide. But there are none for the elite at this time in history, in our nation. Hey, I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.